Charles Spurgeon once wrote, when grief presses you to the dust, worship there. Christmas time is a time of joy, yet for some it is another reminder of our grief. When faced with devastating loss and painful heartache, how can we express gratefulness in the midst of our grieving? Today on Bloom, we'll discover how one woman's crushing circumstances caused her to press into Christ with an attitude of joy. I'm your host, Jen Robinson, for December 18, 2020. Welcome to Bloom. This is a podcast designed to inspire, encourage, and grow women in their relationship with each other and the Lord. So we're continuing this topic of gratitude in the midst of grief. For a quick recap of part one in this series, we talked about Job, a man whose world came crashing down around him within an instant, but chose to demonstrate a perspective that acknowledged God's sovereignty and a position of submission and worship to the one he faithfully served. With me today is Krista Stomp. Welcome, Krista. Hello. So thankful you could join me today. So Krista, you and I are very similar in the sense that we both love to decorate. Yes. <laughs> so Krista, you decorated our Olmstead Falls campus for Christmas, and it looks so beautiful. Thank you. You're, you're a girl after my own heart. And as I mentioned in the last podcast, that the day after Thanksgiving, which is the day that our family decorates for Christmas at home, it's one of my favorite days in the entire year. So how about you? What are some things that you love about Christmas? Well, I love the whole season, really. I mean, the decorating, baking cookies, Christmas movies, sipping eggnog, and just going to see the Christmas lights and Santa. It's all so fun. And two things that we do every year is we bake a cake for Jesus, and then we mm -hmm. sing him happy birthday Christmas morning and blow mm -hmm. out the candles. And we also go to this house in North Ridgeville every year. Mm -hmm. um, and the owner, he just goes all out with lights, and they're in the front yard, the backyard. You can walk through, take pictures, and it's just so fun to go. Uh, I love how you bake a birthday cake for Jesus. That is such a fun way to remind the kids of why we celebrate Christmas. <laughs> Yes, it's what my mom did for us growing up, so it's just been nice to carry on a tradition from my childhood. Hmm. So I have to say, when the Lord placed this topic of gratitude in the midst of grief on my heart, your story instantly came to mind, because you are too familiar with loss. But what has inspired me in your testimony is your perspective through such a challenging journey. So I wanted to just give you the mic for a little bit and just let you share your story with us. Great. Thank you so much. I'm just so honored to get to share today. And, you know, sometimes life takes us places that we just never thought we would go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's in those places that God writes a story that we never thought would be ours. And mm -hmm. my story is one that I never would have chosen and I never saw it coming. But I'm still grateful for the life that God gave me. And I'm just happy to share all that I've learned with you today. And so um, I married my college sweetheart, Wes, um, in 2007, and we then had our first daughter, Alexa, in 2011, and we were blessed with another daughter in 2014, who we named Kendall, and I just loved having two little girls and getting to dress them up. It was just so fun, and my phrase that I adapted early on in motherhood was to live each day to the fullest, for you never know what tomorrow may bring. That's good. 
So it was my mission to do as many fun things as I could fit in a day. Like we went to zoos, farms, play spaces, and trampoline parks, water parks, playgrounds, you name it. I just, I wanted to cherish every moment with them. And we definitely had a lot of fun-filled days. And I just can't help but think that God was preparing me for what was to come. Mm. Um, a couple months before Kendall turned three, she started acting a bit off. She didn't want to eat, and she would say that her belly hurt. She was more irritable, and she wasn't held a lot. She started taking more naps, and she had a low-grade fever. And this lasted a week before I took her into her pediatrician's office. Mm. And the doctor said that there was a virus going around and to just give it some more time. So over the next month, she would get this on-and-off fever. And a lot of times her torso would be so hot, but her forehead would be cool and the thermometer wouldn't read a temperature so we weren't sure really what was going on because mm -hmm. she was still playing and being her silly self and the not eating and irritability well that just seemed like typical two-year-old behavior right so one day at bath time I was getting her ready and I noticed that her abdomen was distended so I was pretty concerned and I just had that mother's instinct that something was wrong mm -hmm. so I took her into the doctor's immediately the next day and she was sent for blood work and an ultrasound. And there's just so many details. But to keep things short, we ended up down at the Cleveland Clinic main campus ER. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I knew, we were being admitted. And mm -hmm. it was on June 23rd, 2017, that we received the devastating news that our daughter had a tumor in her abdomen called neuroblastoma. And um, our world just came crashing down, and our hearts were completely shattered. We never saw it coming. Nothing can ever prepare you for what that felt like in that moment. It was just gut-wrenching pain. I had never even seen my husband cry until we were sitting in that room with the doctors as they broke the news to us. We wept together that whole rest of the night as Kendall slept and, and the day after as we shared the news with our family and our friends. I didn't even know where to begin picking up the pieces of our broken hearts or how I was going to be able to be a mom to Alexa while I was living in the hospital with Kendall. And the news, it just got worse by the day as more tests were ran. We found out that it was stage four and that it had spread to many areas of her body. She also had a gene that would make it tough for her to beat her cancer. I just didn't understand why this was happening. Mm -hmm. So many thoughts ran through my mind, like, why, God? Mm -hmm. What did I do to deserve this? Please just let me trade places with her. And Job was actually one of the first people that came to my mind and the first place that I went to in the Bible. I could relate to so much of what he felt in his story. It was a great example for me, and it gave me hope. And so... Day by day, we began to embrace our new life in the cancer world, and the fog eventually lifted with God's help. I would recite Philippians 4.13 over and over as I paced her room. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I just say it over and over because I guess I felt like if I said it enough, it would eventually become true. Mm -hmm. So I found every encouraging verse I could, and I, I wrote them all out on a poster, and I hung them on the wall in the hospital room so I could just be reminded of his truth every day. And I turned on the worship music, and I just, I praised him in the storm, even though it hurt. Mm -hmm. 
And I just, I knew that I couldn't do this on my own. I was going to need God's strength to make it through. I knew he was with us and that he would provide all that we needed for each day. And that he did. And Kendall, she was so resilient and she didn't understand just how sick she was. So she went on playing as much as she could and she began enjoying life at the hospital. The child life specialist, the art and music therapist, they were just so great and she loved to play with them. They brought so much joy to our days. And she eventually even made friends with her nurses and doctors too. And before long, she was wise beyond her years with all the medical knowledge she had. Things that just no child should have to know or endure. And Kendall's treatment plan was grueling and it required hundreds of days inpatient in the hospital. I lost track of how many after so long. But she fought for 16 months. She endured numerous rounds of chemo, a resection surgery at Sloan Kettering in New York City, two stem cell transplants, 20 rounds of radiation, and immunotherapy. And through it all, she tried her best to be a kid and to laugh and dance and play with her sister. We had so much fun together inside those four walls of her hospital room. Mm -hmm. And she inspired so many people that were following her story. She was teaching us all how to choose joy when facing big battles. Mm -hmm. And despite all this treatment, her cancer continued to spread. She was never clear of her disease and her cancer began to take over her little body. And we decided to take her home and enjoy what time we had left with her. It was just such a helpless feeling and we resisted agreeing to hospice as long as we could, but there just came a point when we knew that she was going to have to go home to Jesus to be healed. Kendall passed away on October 13th, 2018, peacefully in her sleep at just four years old. And while I wept, I just, I felt so much peace in that moment because I felt like God had come to rescue her from any more pain and suffering on this earth. And while I had deep sorrow that we were now separated until the day that I get to heaven, I just felt peace because I knew she was whole, she was set free and dancing with Jesus. You know, no more hospitals, no more pokes, no more chemo. And so I choose to rejoice in that and to live out her legacy of choosing joy in the rest of my days here on earth. And I'm just thankful that God has never left my side. And she's just, she's safe with Jesus and that mm-hmm. I will see her again one day. And you know, this um, verse, Psalm 130, verse 5, it just, it says it all for me. Um, it says, I'm counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. Amen. You know, I think as a mother, watching our children suffer, you know, whether that is as simple as, you know, maybe, you know, someone, they fall and they get hurt and scrape their knee, or they, they're, they're being bullied at school, or if they're going through um, what Kendall went through, what you watched her go through, watching them suffer is the most unique and indescribable pain to experience. Because as moms, our first instinct is to protect our kids. It's just to keep them safe from harm and guard them the very best that we can. But in this case with Kendall, you couldn't control 
the situation. You couldn't stop what was happening to her. You couldn't take matters into your own hands. It's not like placing a Band-Aid on a scraped knee. You can't simply cover it up and just kiss the Mm -mm. cancer away. No, and I would say that to her too. I'm so sorry I can't Mm -hmm. kiss this and make it better. Yeah. And it's just a, a powerless situation that you're in. And that is really when we have to depend on the joy and the peace of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And when he chose to take her home, and I loved your words, you said, you felt peace because it was as though God came to rescue her. Even though we don't understand why, and that is our human's desire to try to understand, why does God allow grief to be woven through our story? We know he is sovereign, but it doesn't erase the grief And you mentioned that Job's story resonated with you immediately. And I love Job's response to grief. But before Job worshipped, the word says that he shaved his head and he tore his clothes, which was the common practice to show you're grieving in that time. And he didn't dismiss his feelings of grief. He acknowledged the pain he was feeling. So does having a grateful heart mean denying the pain of grief? No, not at all. You see, the pain of grief I will always carry with me because she's a part of me and my Mm -hmm. love for her will never die. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18, Paul says that we are to rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Mm -hmm. So God asks us to focus on him and his faithfulness in our difficulties. So while I'm grieved over watching my daughter fight cancer and then losing her to it, there's still so many things in this grief that I can be thankful for. And there's so many actually that I just don't have time to name them all today. But, Mm. you know, I just, I try to concentrate on being grateful to God for all the blessings he's given us in our grief instead of harboring anger for all that I've lost. Mm. And early on in Kendall's journey, I discovered the book Choose Joy by Kay Warren. And in it, she describes joy as a settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything would be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in all things. Mm -hmm. So I love this definition and I clung to it. Between this and Kendall's response to what she was facing, choose joy became our motto for her journey. And yours as well. Yes. And so I just, I knew that while I was grieving the loss of my old life and watching my daughter suffer, that I could still be thankful that God never leaves us, that he was in control, and that he promises heaven to us where he would redeem my pain and make all things right one day. Mm -hmm. So I want to cultivate a spirit of thankfulness instead of allowing negativity and bitterness and anger to build up in my heart because Mm -hmm. that's only going to hurt me and my loved ones more if I did so. So while it's okay to have those moments of anger, it's so important that we don't stay there and we work through it with God. Mm-hmm. You'll bring it to him, wrestle with him, and then you'll, you will begin to see that he is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. I still have a life to live out here and I want to live it well. So I did the wrestling with God. I went to counseling. I talked to my pastors. I, I took classes to just help me work through the pain and I begged God to help me to see the good in this. I asked for his strength to keep going and for him to just help me to trust. So I'm grateful for every day God gives me on this earth. 
we only get one life and right. you know you get to choose how you will respond to the sufferings you face i didn't choose cancer i didn't choose loss but i do choose joy and i choose jesus in response so practicing gratitude and finding the blessings and joy in each day have kept me in his perfect peace as i learn to live here without her mm-hmm. you know joy and sorrow they're always running parallel to each other So while I have great joy in all that God promises to us, the sorrow of missing Kendall is always there too. Yes. And, you know, life is going to knock us down, sometimes more than we can bear. Mm -hmm. And it's full of disappointment, devastation, and loss. And while tomorrow is not promised, Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word says he never leaves or forsakes. He meets us right in our time of need. And in him, there is fullness of joy, real joy that can't be shaken by circumstance. It isn't dependent on what is happening to us, whether we get the job promotion or not, whether our spouse stays faithful to us or not, whether the doctor's report is good or not. It doesn't matter the situation because God is still in charge. And because he is in complete control, we have complete trust and experience complete and unspeakable Mm -hmm. joy. I know it's not the story you would have written for yourself. Mm-mm. You know, for so many of us, our stories don't unfold quite how we would have liked it. We wouldn't have written it that way. There are chapters that we would gladly edit or remove altogether. Mm-hmm. But I believe since God is a good God, he works all things for good. Things that were meant to harm us. Things that the enemy meant for evil. Things that were meant to break us. He turns it for our good. Mm-hmm. So what is the single most significant gift that God gave or taught you through your journey of grief? Mm. Well, you know, I'm continually learning and being transformed as I walk through this. But so far, the greatest gift he gave me is his love. Mm -hmm. You know, he wrapped me up in his arms and he held me through the deepest pain of my life. He carried me and he still does today. And because of my dependence on him and all the time I've spent with him, I feel closer to him now more than I ever have. Mm -hmm. And when I would have those moments of, why God, and I just can't do this, he would give me these worship songs that had just the right words for me in those moments. And it was Mm -hmm. just the neatest thing. It happened all throughout her journey. Songs like Just Be Held by Casting Crowns and I Have This Hope by 10th Avenue North. I just, I felt like he was speaking right to me through these songs. And it was so interesting how they would pop into my head. You know, worship's always been one of the strongest ways that I could feel God. So I I knew he he was, he knew that he could get my attention that way. And in the lyrics of the songs, I could just feel God hurting with me like any father would for his child in pain. And there were moments when I just, I felt him so present that I really felt like he was just giving me a big hug and telling me, I love you more than you'll ever know. Mm -hmm. And he's taught me things through Kendall's battle battle that I otherwise may have never learned. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he taught me how to have true and lasting joy in him. And that is just Mm -hmm. such a precious gift. That is so good. So good. God's done the same thing with me, um, just using psalms and and times of worship Mm. just to bring me close to him. And, you know, I think when I look back on the defining moments of my faith, they were never from the perspective on the mountain. 
Right. They, they were always the seasons in the valley. And it's funny because even though I never want to be in the valley, when I'm feeling like I'm maybe in a mountain season, I miss the closeness I felt to Jesus in those weary, lonely seasons. Mm-hmm. Because he came so near to me in those times. And I experienced his presence and grace in such a rich way. And you begin to understand what it means to really rely entirely on God. Mm-hmm. And in the refining fire of testing, he gives us the gift of knowing him more intimately. And that is more than enough to be grateful for. Yes. You know, this has been a difficult year for a lot of us. And, um, you know, whether for one degree or another, so many different reasons. And having gone through losing your daughter, how has your perspective changed when you face present difficulties? Mm. Well, I've learned to live in surrender. He's sovereign. He's in control. And Jesus tells us in John 16, 33, that we will have trouble here. So, you know, even if we follow him and serve him, there will still be difficult trials we walk through on earth. And we live in a broken world. And God, he never intended it to be this way. So that's why he sent us Jesus on Christmas, so that he could save us from this world full of pain. And I live with an eternal perspective now. This is not Mm -hmm. our home. Mm -hmm. And Jesus also says that he has overcome the world. So I know that there is hope that someday we won't have to endure these hard things we're facing anymore. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't make going through our hardships easy. Um, It, though, helps us to change our response to them. It's okay to tell God, like, hey, I don't like this. And and this is hard, God. Why me? Mm But then it's also important to think about, well, what is God trying to teach me through this? And what can I still be thankful for in this trial? So, you know, I started a joy journal during Kendall's treatment. And it's just so good to go back through it and see all the joy and gratitude we found each day. So when COVID hit back in March, I got my journal out again. And I just made it a point to write out three things each day that I could be grateful for while we were stuck at home. And so this helps me to keep in perspective that... While we walk through disappointments and frustrations and brokenness, that every day is a gift. Mm-hmm. Life is fragile and it can change in an instant. So live each day to the fullest, practice gratitude, and hold on to hope. Mm-hmm. Every day that you have breath, it's another chance to make a difference in this world and to live with purpose. I have to say, I love how your focus continually shifts back to gratitude. What can I be grateful for today? Mm-hmm. If we are pursuing after God, we will always find joy, no matter what. But we also find through our most difficult trials, when we have the perspective to see his sovereignty and position ourselves to submit to his will, just as Job did, he turns our trials into triumphant callings. And he did that for your family too, right? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely making something beautiful from the ashes. Um After Kendall passed, I didn't know what to do with myself or my time. I went from being her caregiver to a bereaved mom just trying to find myself again and Mm -hmm. asking what was next. In addition to grieving the loss of Kendall, I was also grieving the loss of hospital life. Her care team became like family to us. Mm -hmm. They took care of my daughter, and they were with us in some of the most painful times and the most joyful times. Mm -hmm. And as I would sit in the hospital with Kendall... I would brainstorm all the ways that I could get back someday as a way for me to to start to mend my broken heart and stay connected to the hospital. I dove into some of the ideas I had. 
I couldn't just sit there knowing that so many families were walking in our shoes. And so that first Christmas without Kendall, we did a toy drive for the pediatric cancer patients at Cleveland Clinic Children's and also UH Rainbow Babies and Children. And that was just so healing for me and a nice way for me to see our hospital family again. And that was just the starting point of various hospital projects we've done. Um, We've teamed up with the Radiate Gold Foundation, who wanted to start room decorating kits at the hospital in memory of Kendall. That's awesome. Yeah, I always would decorate her room with a different theme every time. So now we help make kits for every holiday to bring to the children who are inpatients so they can decorate their rooms. Mm -hmm. And we named it Room for Joy because we believe that there's always room for joy. How perfect. Yeah. (laughs) And so um, this past October, for Kendall's two-year heaven anniversary, we started Kendall's Closet, Mm -hmm. which is a portable cart that can be wheeled into each child's room. And It's filled with costumes and dresses, tiaras, wands, tutus, makeup, just anything that you would find in Kendall's closet. So we're just really excited about that. And um, our daughter, Alexa, had a a lot of fun stocking the card. It's it's nice for her to be involved, too. And I've heard back from some of the families and seen pictures of their kids in their new costumes. And it just warms our hearts to bring Mm -hmm. them joy. No, I think... Even though we don't understand, again, why God chooses to allow us to walk through certain difficult journeys, when we use those painful experiences to serve and love others and bring God the glory, our pain has newfound purpose. It goes beyond ourselves. It's not just about how the situation shapes or changes us, even though it does, but how we become molded into compassionate ambassadors for Christ. A lot of what God is doing in our lives through the trials and grief is to reach out to another who is dealing with their own loss, brokenness, or hurt. Yeah, and I've been able to start doing that at Grace as well. Um, We took the Grieving with Hope class at Grace a few months after Kendall's passing, Mm -hmm. and that class was was great and it just helped us to work through a lot of emotions and then it led me to the blue christmas team Mm. and if you aren't familiar with this ministry it is a remembrance service for those missing their loved ones at christmas time Mm. and it was started by two amazing parents who lost their son at a young age and Mm. we just had the service this past weekend and it's just such a beautiful time to pause, reflect, and remember the hope that we have in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it's been a true blessing to help with the planning of this service and a safe place for me to be able to talk about my daughter and just be with others who, who have experienced great loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I've enjoyed being able to comfort others in their grief, just as God and, and so many people have done for me. And then that leads me to one of my greatest <laughs> blessings I've received in my life, which is my job at Grace Church. Yeah. It was about a year after Kendall passed when I saw a job for an admin assistant posted for Grace. And I applied, but I didn't hear back for about a month. Mm-hmm. And then I got an email that while the job I had applied for was filled, there was another admin position open at Hope Community Church, a sister church to Grace. I was hesitant to interview because I didn't want to leave Grace, Mm -hmm. but much to my surprise, after I was hired, it was announced that Grace and Hope would soon become one church in two locations. So, you know, that was just one of those God moments for me. It was just one of those times when you're just like, wow, God. (laughs) It was just him affirming that I made the right choice to take Mm -hmm. the job, and I've just loved being at the Olmstead campus and serving the church. 
the people there, they just welcomed me and have loved on me so well. Mm -hmm. And I've shared my story at women's events there a couple times. And I'm just so amazed at how God is using my pain for ministry. In the Olmstead campus, it's closer to my home. And it's just three minutes away from Kendall's resting place. So I can visit her often. Mm. And, you know, I, I just really feel like God created my job just for me. And it has been a loving, compassionate work environment where tears are welcome. Wow. I am always amazed by just how God works all things out for good Mm -hmm. in his glory. I don't know who coined this phrase, but it's one of my favorites. It says, your ministry is found where you've been broken. Your testimony is found where you've been restored. Mm, I love that. Yes. And I just wanted to share this passage real quick here in um, Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 3 it is the verse that Jesus spoke when he visited the synagogue at Nazareth and I just want us to listen to these words because they are so fitting to give us um, again a perspective of who God is so I'm going to begin here in verse 1 Jesus said the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. And this is the part that I really resonates with me with your story, to comfort all who mourn and provide Mm. for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow Mm. on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Jesus provides comfort to all those who mourn. He turns beauty from ashes Mm -hmm. and he said he will make us into oaks of righteousness so we can display his splendor. God wastes nothing. Every tear shed, every sleepless night, Every thought of worry or doubt, he knows how to use our grief for good. Mm. And I don't know how that makes you feel, but it makes me incredibly grateful when I can look back at the point of pain and say, I get it now, God. This is why you allowed the refining fire. Mm. And a lot of times it wasn't for my own growth and benefit, at Mm. least not just for me alone. It was for his glory to display his splendor. And we get to be a part of the display mm. of his splendor. Krista, what reminder would you encourage those listening today who are walking their own painful experience? I would just remind you that there are going to be things here on earth that we will walk through that we may never un- understand this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. But once we get to heaven and we see Jesus face to face in all his glory, it will all make perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So hold on to that hope that you have in Jesus. Keep inviting him in to whatever trials you face so that you can receive his peace. He is right there with you, mm-hmm. even when it doesn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. And if he can pick me up out of a puddle of tears on the hospital floor and bring me to this podcast today, mm-hmm. talking to you about his goodness and faithfulness, then he can do the same for you too, if you just mm-hmm. allow him to. Amen. Wow. Krista, 
Thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Sharing your amazing story of how God gave you a spirit of joy and gratitude in the midst of your grief. And then just allowing God to use your journey to display his splendor. My prayer is that your message is both a comfort and a challenge for our listeners today. Mm. Well, ladies, Mm. this is our final podcast for 2020. And while this has been one of our most uniquely challenging years, and we are all ready to say goodbye and welcome in 2021, we can't walk away without taking some time to look back on what we've walked through. Join me back here on Bloom on January 8th as we reflect on what 2020 has taught us and how we are moving forward in 2021. God spoke to me in January of of this year, the word change. And we saw just how that word manifested into our lives this year. Mm -hmm. 2020's changes might have knocked you down, but I believe it's time for us to not just push 2020 aside, but grab hold of what God has taught us in this last year and rise up to meet the challenge and his call for 2021. I'm praying everyone has a healthy, blessed Christmas And as always, keep growing and God bless.